Hello and welcome to another episode of Big Lash Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. Did you give a listen to last week's episode? If so, I'm sure you're still shaking your head at me and the wild shit I put up with. I was clearly blinded by love. If you haven't heard episode nine yet, then what are you doing here? You can't be skipping ahead, missing all the juicy details. I will wait right here while you go check out that episode so you understand everything that we're about to say here today. Sure, there was some drama in the previous episode, but we were really just setting the scene for the insanity that's about to come. I'm not going to lie. I was sipping wine last time, but now I feel like I'm going to have to upgrade to tequila. I am taking myself back to some really painful moments, and this is not going to be easy. Like I said last time, if Netflix had you mesmerized with the Tinder swindler and Dirty John, then keep it locked right here. Shit's about to get wild. Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. (laughs) Now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. Do you love true crime documentaries as much as I do? Because I'm pretty much obsessed. Am I crazy for listening to stories about mass murderers right before bed? I know I'm not the only one. Well, I'd say that this story is very similar to a murder documentary, except here, the victim was my heart. I'm not even over-exaggerating. It was lied to, deceived, beat up, and left for dead. Let me explain. When we left off, Dee and I had reconciled and decided that we were going to once again try having a baby. We'd lost our first pregnancy and didn't want to give up on the prospect of being a family together. Despite having forgiven him for cheating once before, I was confident that we were now on the same page and that he was so afraid of losing me that he'd never make the same mistake again. Hey. You stop that. I can hear your eyes rolling from here. (laughs) We knew that in order to have a baby in a month that wouldn't be completely destructive to my busy wedding season, we'd have to get pregnant in either February or March. So we were spending as much time as possible together while counting down till then. Dee would come visit for four to ten days at a time, whatever worked with his schedule. And while he was here, everything was magic. We'd laugh together, dance together, go for nice dinners, concerts, all the things. We were so in love. The only catch was he was out of work, so I was paying for everything. He'd quit his position in Toronto because, well, I don't know if you remember, but uh, we decided that it wasn't ideal where he'd have a job where he had to bang his boss in order to get paid. And he was being super selective with the work that he would accept because he wanted something remote so that he could be making American dollars while visiting with me in Canada. I guess I felt guilty for the fact that I was part of the reason he wasn't working. So I paid for all of his travel anytime he came to visit, all of our dinners, adventures, vacations, shopping trips, etc. On top of that, he still had bills to pay back home. So, for example, he had a son that he needed to pay child support for in Chicago. And if he didn't pay, they would take away his driver's license. So, of course, I covered his child support. He also had car repairs, credit card debt, and lawyer's fees for the custody battle he was in with his son. And I wanted to do anything I could to help so that he wouldn't resent me for being the reason that he couldn't work. So in addition to paying for his visits, I always sent him home with cash to help. 
And I even sent Western Union transfers as surprises. For example, one night he was going to a baseball game with his friends and I didn't want him to be embarrassed that he couldn't buy them drinks. So I wired him $300 through Western Union. He was staying on a couch in his mom's basement, so he wasn't excited about me coming to visit in Chicago. He said that he wasn't proud of his situation, so he'd rather come to see me. And I understood. Plus, I had plenty of work to do, so it was a lot easier for him to come be with me so I could work at the same time. The way I saw it was, if we're trying to start a family, then your debt is my debt, your problems are my problems, and I would do anything to ease the burden. In addition to that, oh my gosh, I was constantly trying to keep him entertained sexually despite not being able to be physical, you know, when we were at a distance. I had sent hella photos. I became a master of the booty pic and videos. We'd also record ourselves when we were together so that he would have stuff to watch when he was alone in Chicago. Girl, I was doing all the wifey shit. It wasn't easy being apart more often than we were together, especially because when we were together, things were so, so good. So I'd be confused as to why when he'd go back, his communication with me would be so on and off. In order to get answers on lonely nights, I would look on social media. Once I saw that he'd been tagged in a photo of him and his ex together and I lost my shit. I mean, who wouldn't? I called him immediately. I was like, um, why is there a pic on Facebook of you and B? For the sake of this story, I'm going to call her Beyonce. You'll see why later. (laughs) He was incredibly annoyed with me. He said, I have no clue why she posted that man. It's an old picture. She's probably just trying to get under your skin and look, it worked. I felt stupid. I'd never done this kind of crazy shit before, but having him so far away put a different level of uncertainty inside of me. Plus, I think I was so in love that I was afraid to lose it. It felt like I had a winning lottery ticket in my hand, and now I'm clinging to it for dear life because if a gust of wind comes along, sends it flying into space, I would lose my fortune. But the stress of his ex did not end there. As I crept online, I once saw Thanksgiving posts where his family was saying that she was there at their family dinner. Again, I flipped my shit. Why is she at your Thanksgiving dinner? He explained that she was still close with his family and there's nothing that he could do about it. He said he was barely even at the dinner for 15 minutes. Once he saw she was there, he left. I was confused. I said, well, you don't see any of my exes at any of my family dinners. That's whack as fuck. And he said, explain that to my parents, Jaina. I can't control what they do or who they spend time with. And he was right. I was always doing my best to try and show Dee all the most beautiful parts of the city that I lived in. I wanted him to love it in Vancouver so that he'd stay longer and hopefully want to move here. For that reason, I took him to all the finest restaurants and all the most captivating parts of the city. We drove through the mountains to the Okanagan so he could meet my family. We tasted wine at some of the most prestigious wineries, biked the seawall on the most perfect summer day, hiked the most incredible views, stayed in the nicest hotels, and got the best tickets to concerts that I could afford when they happened to be in town. Dee loved the mountains and natural beauty of BC, so I thought Whistler would be right up his alley, and it was. It ended up being our favorite place together. We did all the things there. We took the gondola up to the top of the mountain, took cute couples pictures in the snow, and snuggled up on the gondola ride back down with hot chocolates. It felt like all was right in my world. Then when he went home, he started posting about his visit. The pic that I took of him alone on the mountaintop was now his profile picture on Facebook. And there was a video of the view he had while we biked with me cropped perfectly out of the shot. There was also a close-up of his plate of food. It looked like I wasn't even there. My sister saw his stories and was baffled. She was like, what the hell, Jana? It looks like Dee was on a solo tour of Whistler. Weren't you there? In fact, didn't you pay for everything? She was right. I was hurt and annoyed, but I didn't want to cause drama. 
Finally, one night it came out. I got upset saying, is there someone you're trying to hide me from? Does this have to do with Beyonce? He said, no, Jaina, she knows all about you. She knows we're together. In fact, we need her around because she watches my son when I come to visit you. So you're really stressing about the wrong things. I said it was weird that he still hadn't posted me anywhere. I was confused why he was supposedly so into me, so proud of me, but unable to post about me on social media. He liked to gaslight me and say, wow, you're really obsessed with the opinions of people that we don't even know. But after lots of arguing, he said, fine, I'll post you. And he did. It was a solo pic of me that he captioned with three heart eye emojis. A very lackluster post, but I didn't want to push my luck. I watched that post like a hawk looking to see who'd liked it. And interestingly enough, she liked it. For some reason, I had some satisfaction. Ha, take that, you crazy bitch. He's proud of me and he put heart eyes on my picture. Now dry up and blow away. (laughs) Side note, I heard a quote once that I absolutely believe to my core. It goes, men are stupid and women are crazy. And the reason women are crazy is because men are stupid. Have you ever been in a situation where a man was acting stupid so you had to go crazy? (laughs) Yeah, that was me here. But honey, never again. Finally, February came along, the first month for us to try getting pregnant. And wow, did we put the work in. (laughs) It wasn't hard. We were so drawn to each other. And sex hits differently when you're trying to have a baby. I'd never experienced that before. Trying to get pregnant is not for the impatient. And I am an incredibly impatient human. If you've tried it, you know. You sex like rabbits on the days that you're ovulating, but even on your most fertile day, there's only a 25% chance of getting pregnant. Well, I never knew that till now. I kind of wish that I knew it before when I used to think that no matter what, you have any slip up and you're committed to being a parent for the rest of your life. (laughs) Well, after the ovulation days, you need to wait until enough time has passed for the HCG to show up in your blood. Every one of those days feels like a year. Finally, on the first day that your pregnancy could show up on a test, I bought four. I prayed as I peed every single day until I realized it didn't happen. We weren't pregnant and there was only one more month for us to try before our window would pass. The next month came fast. We made sure he was visiting over the time I was ovulating and again, we put in the work. I had some speaking engagements in Toronto while he was visiting. So I flew there by myself, did some talks, And while I was there, it was when the pregnancy could be detective. And I remember telling one of my best friends, Elsa, on the phone that there was nothing I wanted more than to be able to go back to Vancouver with the good news that we were going to be parents. But each test came back negative. I flew home to him. And two days later, I decided to try taking another test. But this time, it was positive. I found out with the perfect timing, too, because he was supposed to fly home to Chicago the next day. So I invited him out to a nice dinner since he was leaving tomorrow. And there, as we sat waiting for our appetizers to come out, I showed him a picture of the pregnancy test. It happened. We were going to be a family. I was elated, but also said that now he had to go home and I was going to have to make it through the next couple of months on my own. The plan was that he was going to go get his stuff in order and then come back to be with me for our first ultrasound. He said he did not want to miss a single thing. And then he was going to stay and help me through my busy season because he didn't want me lifting my kit or driving by myself. So he was going to come and do all of that for me while I worked. It was the perfect plan. And I loved having an excuse to spend more time with him. 
business was booming. It was a crazy spring and I was exhausted. I heard that the first trimester can be the hardest part because your body is working to create the placenta. So even though you look the least pregnant at that time, you actually feel it the most. I remember I'd pull up to a bride's house even four minutes early and I would take those few quick minutes to nap. This baby was draining any energy out of me that I had, but it was worth it. Of course, I was nervous of losing this one. So I Googled every single thing. Like statistically speaking, what are the chances of miscarrying at X amount of weeks? Or can you go in a hot tub when you're pregnant? Or how many hours of sleep do you need? Etc. Etc. I even decided that I was going to have a sugar-free pregnancy. So I was only eating the healthiest foods I could find despite all the cravings. All I kept thinking about was the upcoming ultrasound and finally having him here with me. Then, two days before our ultrasound appointment, Dee called me saying that some stuff had come up and he needed more time before he could visit. Ugh. He asked me to move the ultrasound a couple of weeks. I don't think he had any idea how stressful this was for me, but I appreciated all he was doing to come to be with me. So, I begrudgingly moved the appointment. Communication between us was so dodgy at this time, and my hormones were probably magnifying the problem. I'd go hours without hearing from him, which was frustrating because I knew that his phone was always in his hands. There was one night he didn't answer any of my text messages for four hours, so I went a little crazy, started searching through his Facebook, and saw that he checked in at the movie theater. Then I checked B's page, his ex-girlfriend, and she had checked into a theater only three minutes later saying, Movie night with Bay. I was livid. I called him out on it and he lost his mind. He goes, I swear you're obsessed with social media, Jaina. I don't know who she's at the movies with. I don't know who her Bay is. Did you know that there are like 50 theaters in this city? Seriously, you're losing your mind. If this is how dramatic you're going to be, then maybe I should block you from my Facebook because I'm already stressed enough as it is right now. And the last thing I need is you out here accusing me of shit every single time I do something. I can't even go to the movies in peace. I started to cry. I said, I'm sorry. I just feel so tired and alone and you're not being that good at getting back to me. So it was stressing me out. He goes, would it make you feel better if you talked to her? And I said, yes, it would. So the next day she messaged me. Finally, I was going to get some answers. Well, this conversation was super awkward. You could tell she hated me and she had a very strange smugness for an ex, but she said that the two of them were just friends. She knew that he loved me more than he'd ever love her. And the only reason they still talk is because she's really close to his son and she'd never let anything get between her and him. And I didn't want to anyways. So I finally had peace of mind. I guess I was simply a pregnant, hormonal, crazy woman. So I decided to cool it. I focused on my work, sleeping as much as I could and counting down to the new ultrasound appointment. It was booked for the afternoon of June 4th and I'd booked Dee's flight for early that morning so that he could land and then we'd make our way there together. This is when the unexpected happened. Oh my gosh. One afternoon, I put a load of laundry in on my way out the door to buy groceries. And when I came home, my entire condo had flooded. Water was going from one side of the condo to the other and All my flooring was destroyed. I didn't know what to do, so I called my dad. He's incredible. He had his truck packed with schools and was on the road within an hour. He made the four-hour trip to come visit me, and we spent four days straight ripping out all the flooring. Now I'm living with a dirt floor, and all my furniture is on the patio. Great. Super great. 
And I remember while I was helping my dad, I said something about being really tired. I was exhausted. And he said, oh, come on. It's not like you're really pregnant. I guess because I didn't have a giant belly at that time, he didn't really think that being pregnant would affect me. Oh, man. (sighs) Days felt like years, but finally it was the eve of our ultrasound appointment. I was now almost 11 weeks pregnant, very close to being done my first trimester. It felt like I was counting down the hours and minutes till Dee's flight was going to land. But then it happened. Mm. I started bleeding. Panic came over me. I knew what happened the last time I was pregnant and I didn't want it to happen again. I didn't know what to do. So I drove to the emergency room. I sat in the waiting room for hours. And as I sat there, I messaged with him. I said, I'm scared. And he goes, don't be. We're in this together. I'm determined to be a family with you, Jaina. And if we lose this one, we'll just try again. I said, I don't think my heart could take this kind of pain again. He goes, I understand, but we're going to be okay. I finally got in with the doctor and that's when I realized there's pretty much nothing they could do for me there. They sent my anxious ass home and said that all I could do was wait and see. So I went home to my dog and lay down in bed. Then in the middle of the night, my body started to cramp. I woke up in a pool of blood and when I ran to the toilet, my greatest fear had come true. I was now holding the tiny fetus in my hand. I don't remember a time that I cried harder. Why was God doing this to me? I thought this was his plan. The pregnancy had come with perfect timing. What was the reason for this? What had I done wrong? I laid the baby that I named Roman gently in the bottom of a glass. I put a towel down on my bed and I cried myself to sleep. I woke up to a phone call from Dee. It was the day we were supposed to be reunited, the day of our ultrasound, and I didn't know how to tell him the news. I was afraid of breaking his heart. He asked if I was okay, but he could already tell from the way my voice sounded when I answered the phone that I wasn't. I said, I lost the baby last night. He said, oh my God, how do you know? I said, I was holding it in my hands. Fuck. Yeah. I said, I'm so sorry. And then I broke down. I cried and told him how much it hurt, how sad I was, and what this meant. He listened some more, and then I stopped. Wait, where are you right now? He said, um, I'm at my house. I said, aren't you supposed to be at the airport? I knew because I was the one who'd booked the flight. He said, oh, I didn't know you'd still want me there. I'm sorry, what? There hadn't been a time when I needed him there more. I said, uh, of course I want you here. He goes, well, since we don't have the ultrasound now, I thought maybe we weren't in a rush. I hadn't seen him in three months since the day after I told him we were pregnant. And my family knew that I'd just lost the baby and offered to come and visit, but I told them not to worry about it because Dee was on his way. Of course I needed him there. I needed him more than ever. I just wanted someone to hold me. He said, well, I missed my flight now. I'll call Delta Airlines and see if I can get on a later flight. He hung up the phone and I went back to crying. I was in disbelief. What in the world would make him think that I wouldn't want him to come visit anymore? I stayed in bed, arms wrapped around Apollo, who could sense my sadness and never left my side. Hours went by and finally at around 7 p.m. I got a text. He said, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Was this a joke? 
He didn't have a job and the trip had been planned for ages. So I knew that this couldn't be good. And there was literally no reason for him not to come. So I said, why not? He goes, I think I just need to stay in Chicago and start getting my life back together. It seemed like he was making a big life decision without me. So I said, are you trying to get your life together with or without me? My heart sank when I read his response. He said, without. No word has ever cut so deep. Only a few hours ago, he was saying we'd try being a family again, and now he was breaking up with me over text while I'm lying on a bloodstained towel in my bed, roaming in a glass, dirt floors, and all my furniture looking like a yard sale on my back patio. To say it felt like I'd hit the lowest of the low is an understatement. It's one thing to lose your baby. You and your partner have each other to lean on and there's the promise of trying again, but I lost everything in that moment. My baby, my love, the future I dreamed of, my winning lottery ticket, gone. There was a really beautiful path behind my condo with a bench that I love to sit on. Willow tree branches hung all around it like a canopy and light would twinkle through the leaves in the mornings. That was where I decided to make a tribute to little Roman. I had an antique makeup tin that I'd bought on a trip to Argentina that I filled with rose petals, and I wrote a note that said, Dear Roman, you'll be forever in my heart. Love, Mommy. And I placed his tiny body inside. I dug a hole under the bench with my bare hands and laid him there, carefully inside of it. Then I sat on the bench and I cried. This would be our spot, the place where I could feel his presence, a safe place for me to rest in the shade and give tribute to the time when I was almost a mom. I didn't know what to do. I felt like God was punishing me for something, but I had no idea what. How could I try so hard and give so much only to end up empty-handed and brokenhearted? There was a pain inside of me that I've never felt before. But... The world keeps turning. I went to work the day after all of this happened. I pulled myself together, packed my gear into my car, and made my way to my client's house. Ten minutes after getting there, the bride said to me, My friend told me to book you because she said you're so much fun. Of course, she had no idea what I was going through. But it was a really good reminder that people expect certain things from me, and my sadness does not change that. So I put on my happy pants, laughed, and joked my way through the booking, and then collapsed in my car as soon as I was done. After a couple days of sadness and deep thought, it finally came to me. Dee said that he needed to get his life together, and then he might come find me. So I decided that I'd help speed up the process. There was a course that he'd mentioned to me before that he could take where it would help him get a very high-paying position that he'd only have to check in to work one day a week. I decided that if I paid for that course, I would give him the best chance at coming back to me, but I would move on with my life in the meantime and just hope that my plan worked. Well, RIP to another $4,000. So after I sent him the money and told him to take the course, it was time for me to pull myself back together. First, I needed new floors. I wasn't going to live in a construction site any longer. I figured it was time to finally use my tears for good. So I got dressed up as cute as I could. And I went into the flooring store that I'd heard advertised on the radio. The salesman approached me, but he had no idea what he was in for. (laughs) He looked so happy to finally have someone to talk to. And he asked me what I needed. Well, I proceeded to explain that my condo had flooded and I lost my baby and the love of my life had left me and, and, and tears were flowing. 
I had a full meltdown. It was clear he had no idea what to do with me. So he said, look, I own this place. I want to help you. Just pick the floor you want and the price that you're comfortable paying and we'll make it happen. I walked out feeling like finally something good had come from all the tears. (laughs) I figured if I was going to be sad anyways, I may as well use the opportunity to get a deal on some floors, right? (laughs) Well, clearly I needed to go to therapy. I knew I needed to work through my sadness and loss, and I was definitely making progress. Most nights, it was like I was a mad scientist, writing letters to D that I would never send, making lists of all the reasons it was good that everything ended, trying to convince myself that this was all for the better. I'd like candles and pray that God would heal my heart. It felt like actual physical pain in my chest, and I was losing my hair too. In Chinese medicine, they said that sadness and loss can do that to you. I thought dating might be a good idea to get my mind off of him, but my heart was far too tender and every shitty date I went on just reminded me of how one of a kind my connection was with him. I told my therapist one time that I was trying to meet other people, but it felt like I was still saving the seat in my heart for D. She said, saving the seat? Honey, he's still in it. Everything changed on New Year's Eve. Eight months after we'd broken up, after I'd finally done some healing and was starting to make progress, I'd finally managed to mostly push him out of my mind. Dee called me drunk from a bathroom at a club at a New Year's Eve party. Jaina Marie, you are my person. Not a day goes by that I don't think of you. I miss you and I'll never forgive myself for what I did to us. I didn't think you could be this connected to someone. I thought people were replaceable, but no matter what I do, I cannot get you out of my mind. Then he explained that he'd taken the course that I'd paid for and was now making 140,000 US a year. This was it. Everything I'd been waiting for. He had the career we needed him to have so he could live in Canada. He was making incredible money. And most importantly, he still loved me. It was eight months of feeling like I'd been holding my breath. And now I was finally breathing again. I was excited to tell my closest friends, but as you can imagine, they did not share my excitement. Jaina, he left you at your weakest moment. He should have been on that flight. There's absolutely no excuse for what he put you through. I knew they were right, but it didn't change the fact. I still loved him. After I told my friend Elsa the news, she did what every good protective friend would do. She went into full investigation mode. Obviously, the first place that she looked was his ex's Facebook, and it did not disappoint. I was still floating on cloud nine when the screenshot hit our text message thread. But I came back down to earth real fast as soon as I saw what she had sent me. There, I was looking face to face with my worst nightmare. It was a picture of them together, sitting at a dinner, his arm around her, him, the man I was in love with, him, the man who'd broken my heart, the man I spent two years with, him, the man who tried to marry me, the man who got me pregnant twice, the one who just reached out saying that he loved me and missed me and couldn't get me out of his mind, him, the one I'd spent thousands of dollars flying back and forth, the one I'd sent thousands of dollars to to help with his bills. And that caption, it said, happy seven year anniversary to the love of my life. Fuck. Just when I thought the situation couldn't get any worse, he leveled up. 
So, do you think I deserved it? Do you have any idea what's going on? Do you have any idea why she would tell me they were friends, but then later say that they'd been together for seven years? Trust me, I was very confused at this moment. But if you tune in next week, you're going to hear all the rest of the juicy details and exactly what happened in this story that I call the ultimate heartbreak. Did you enjoy listening to the story just as much as I enjoyed telling it? I know it was painful, but I did enjoy telling it. It's a little bit therapeutic, right? Well, if you did, can you please tell your friends? I hear that every time you do, an angel gets its wings. It's true. And if you have your own Tinder swindler story or Dear John story, can you please reach out and send it to me? Because I definitely want to know that I'm not the only one who's been through something like this. If so, all my contact info is in the show notes. You can always hit me up at hellojana.com. That's hello, J-A-Y-N-A.com. Until next time, go be your most fabulous self and don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go. Thank you so much. Time to waste what you made